people that are authentic and live, you know, within a within a real community, it becomes apparent who's not, or you can start to see through those masks, or you can start to experience inauthenticity in a different way that I could never really see it before. Yogis, yoginis, thank you for tuning back in to Dharma Talk, episode number 14. Last week, we had Jared McCann on the show, and this week, we've got Jared Seibert. So, another episode, another Jared. Jared Seibert is the founder of a company, a yoga men's apparel company called Yoga Warrior Wear. And we got connected through one of those small world situations where we just had enough friends in common that it was bound to happen over time. But what I really uh, respect and resonate with Jared over is I think our shared experience. And that's that we both came from this corporate background where we were chugging along, doing pretty well for ourselves. But after enough yoga practice, that awareness sort of starts to get back to you for better or for worse. And you can't tolerate the things that don't serve you anymore. So he went off and created his own company. And I think this interview is very insightful for anyone who practices yoga or is looking to or has already started a business. We talk about why he's made it his mission to change the narrow image of yoga for yoga practitioners, male yoga practitioners, and the importance of finding your why as an entrepreneur in any space. We talk about how he struggled to take off this mask that he created for himself and wore for years as an insurance salesman, and why authenticity is especially important in the yoga community. Finally, we talk about developing a quality of sensitivity. Despite any negative connotation that often carries outside of this, um, this particular group and, and how that sensitivity has helped him to build connections and create a movement larger than just himself. So again, I think you'll get a lot out of this interview, no matter where you stand on yoga and business, you'll get all that right after these few announcements. Yogis, I've got a whole lineup of special events coming your way this summer that I'm excited to share with you, and I'm going to rattle them off in order of most serious to most lighthearted and fun. Okay, first of all, I'm assisting Jared McCann in his 300-hour quote-unquote advanced teacher training at Lighthouse Yoga School in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, this July. Now, it's advanced in the sense that we will be working on sequences that include advanced asanas, but really, the more advanced part about it is the intensity of the spiritual practice, or sadhana. Every single day is going to start with seated meditation in a group, and you'll take away a practice that you can carry forward for the rest of your life. Uh, I did this training myself last year, and this year I'm helping out with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Next, if you're not really interested in becoming a yoga teacher, you can still do the teacher training, but we also have another option for you, which is a 30-hour intensive over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, this one is four days of intense practice with posture clinics, um, yoga philosophy training, and lots of meditation as well. 
this is a great option if you don't want to make the time or financial investment of a teacher training, but you really want to deepen your practice. And then the last thing I want to share with you is also in July, in between the two modules of the teacher training, I'm going to be in Chicago for the We Are Yoga Vacation. It's taking place at 105F, Chicago's original hot yoga studio. But they're going to be yoga classes of all different styles, different teachers teaching all the different classes. And we're going to take excursions too, so it'll be fun. We've got Pitchfork Music Festival going on, Chicago Cubs games, if that appeals to you. So here's the deal. I've got a special 10% discount for you, my Dharma Talk listeners, my followers, for any or all of these three events. You can apply that 10% to your tuition for teacher training or the immersion or a four-day pass at 105F for the Chicago vacation. So to get that discount code and register for the events, head on over to henrywins.com events. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your Dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community. Welcome back to another episode. And this week's guest is Jared Seibert. Jared is the founder of Warrior Wear LLC. Sounds very official. Last year in 2017, he left his mutual fund sales work to become a full-time entrepreneur, creating yoga products for men. Drawing upon inspiration from yoga service and frustrated by the lack of brands and stereotypes of male practitioners, he decided to start his own company. Jared, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Henry. It's my pleasure. Well, let's dive right into the interview. I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone else when they first come on, and that is this. What does the word dharma mean to you, and what is your dharma as you understand it today? So um, I had a feeling you were going to ask me that, (laughs) and uh, I really didn't want to prepare an answer. Rather, um, just kind of let whatever naturally comes out and, uh, and go where the question takes me. So um, without thinking too much about it, I think Dharma for me is what is the innate force inside of me that's kind of pulling me in one direction? Um, what is that, that current that's, that's pushing myself internally, but then ends up manifesting itself physically into some type of um, you know, material product? It's, uh, it's not necessarily a thing as much as it is a feeling. And, um, you know, it's that, that inner voice or something that I think yoga can really bring to light. So Dharma for me, it's that inner calling and, uh, and how it manifests itself can be in several different directions. But it's really that force that I can feel within that's telling me to do something, even though my mind might be telling me, eh, that could be kind of scary. I'm not sure if I want to go that direction. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting point right there, that the inner pull that's that's taking you in this direction is not necessarily the voice of your mind. So, what do you what do you think it is at this point? What is that calling, and and what is it telling you to do? Um, sure, absolutely. I mean, the way it's manifested itself today, and uh, where it continues to is um, 
by making myself vulnerable and expressing the creativity and expressing some of the ideas I have through the company WarriorWare LLC. Um, I think legal tells me that I have to throw that LLC on there for the official <laughs> sounding title. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely been an exercise in working through a lot of the the internal feelings that I have to be able to create these external products and really um, share them with, uh, with the yoga community and with um, practitioners and non-practitioners alike. Uh, prior to this, as you had mentioned, you know, I lived in the financial world and I was very confined and isolated to my day-to-day routine. Um, I had no social media interaction. I just lived within the territory, called on the clients that I called on, but really didn't have an outlet um, to express myself. Essentially, I lived within the corporate guidelines and within the corporate barrier. Um, so for me today, you know, this, uh, this really gives me a platform and a blank template to, uh, to go out there and to be vulnerable and to be scared, but kind of move through that fear and create things such as men's yoga shorts, which, um, which you know, it seems like a 180-degree term, but really has been a natural evolution that, uh, that path, so to speak. That's great. And, you know, there, there are a couple pieces of that that really um, jumped out at me, pieces of your answer. First is that, yes, I can totally relate to working in a heavily regulated field. So I understand the pressures and, and frustrations with that. But I think apart from just getting out of an industry that is, you know, not so conducive to creativity and social media and all the fun things that are available to us in this modern day and age, there's also something to be said just for being the creator and being at the helm of it. And that's part and parcel to being the entrepreneur. So what I'd like to know um, from your perspective, what is it that sets Warrior Wear LLC and your products apart because you know you said that you've been frustrated by the stereotypes out there for what male yoga practitioners look like or or what the products they use maybe um, appear to be um, sure so I'll try to streamline this answer the best I can and uh, and keep it in one train of thought but um, since we're on Dharma talk here I mean my path to this has kind of a uh, it's kind of given me signs along the way that, okay, maybe this is what I should do. And it's kind of led me in that direction as long as I was paying attention to some of the things. Um, and case in point, I wasn't happy with the job I had in finance. Um, I had started doing yoga, you know, several years prior. And, uh, and I was sitting online looking for, you know, a type of men's yoga short, Henry, that I just couldn't find. Um, you know, something that was a little bit heavier, something that was a little bit thicker, um, something that kind of coincides with a little bit more of the traditional masculine brands where you've got to break it in a little bit um, and you'll have it for many years to come. And uh, not only could I not find the product, I was really um, surprised at how how effeminate many of the brands out there in the yoga community were. There really weren't any, um, you know, stereotypical, I hate to say the word, but masculine type feeling brands. And uh, and I shared my frustration with my wife. You know, we were sitting on the couch. The TV was on in the background. I like to imagine it was thunderstorming. And um, I was like, I can't <laughs> find anything. And all of a sudden, you know, a lightning bolt just hit. And she's like, you should start a company. And, 
and I kind of looked at her, at her and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe I could do this. She's like, you really don't like your job anymore, do you? I was like, not if I'm considering making men's yoga shorts. <laughs> I must not. <laughs> um, and uh, and after right after that conversation, she's like, yeah, she's like, you should go for it and call it Warrior Wear. And I was like, man, I really like that name. So the next day I, I went online, just checked to see if the, the name was out there. And uh, over the next four or five months, you know, kind of sat with it for a bit. And this was all leading up to our wedding, you know, so I was just finishing up in finance. And I knew I had a honeymoon coming up. And the decision became apparent to me that, um, quite frankly, if I wanted to be there for Tracy, my wife, if I wanted to be the best person I could be, if I wanted to be true to, you know, what was inside of me, I couldn't stay in the role that I was at at that time. And uh, literally, it was the day before my wedding. My parents were in town. All our family was around. And uh, I told them that I was quitting my job. And the next day, we got married. You know, we went on a honeymoon for two weeks. And throughout that time, I talked it out with Tracy. And when I came back, I was, uh, I was ready to start the company and excited to move forward with things. Were you, uh, were you stressed out during the honeymoon? Did it uh, d- just by, you know, the the drastic change of events and the unpredictable trajectory that you were on at that point with everything that was going on? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Henry. Ironically, um, I felt like it was probably about the most clear headed I'd been in a long time. That's amazing. Uh, a big, a big weight was off my shoulders. Um, obviously because I could just cut ties with the, the job that I had had. Um, and I was really just there enjoying myself and just kind of being present and, you know, doing yoga and eating healthy and enjoying, you know, um, the post, the post marriage celebration, so to speak. And we were just having a good time. And, um, it was through a couple classes there that I think, um, that the design for the, the brand started to come alive, um, that the, the feeling of the brand started to come alive. And it was really without conscious thought. You know, it's kind of like the idea, I think Einstein said it, you know, I can think about something for five hours and ponder it over until my brain hurts. But if I actually just let it go for 30 minutes, I'll have the answer right afterwards. Mm, and yes. just by kind of letting go, you know, everything really started to manifest itself. And, you know, I was sitting there in the airport, drawing out the logo, the design and came back, we put pen to paper and got everything in works. So cool. Um, yes. And I, I definitely agree with you on that point about overthinking things. I think that's part of why meditation has been so powerful for me. You know, it gives you that chance to connect the subconscious mind to the conscious mind when you're trying to, for lack of a better word, muscle through it with your logical thought there's there's definitely a limit that you hit and sometimes the answers are just buried in there you just have to give them the chance to come out and the the last thing i I want to say um, about that that story though is that i just really appreciate that you saw a problem that you that you actively were looking to solve and the answer or the solution wasn't out there so you saw an opening and created it that's really cool and i think the best way to start a business I, uh, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes I look at it that it was, oh, it's kind of selfish, like, cause I wanted a specific type of short that didn't exist. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, if that's what I was looking for, you know, I can only assume that maybe there's someone else that's looking for the same thing or might be able to identify with a similar situation or experience. For sure. Yeah. 7 billion people out there. There's gotta be someone else like Jared who's looking <laughs> for those shorts. 
Oh, uh, we'll see. But uh, so far, so good. So thanks. Yeah. So Jared, tell tell us now, what does your personal yoga practice look like? Because obviously, as the founder of a yoga wear company, your decision to do that and follow that path was inspired by your own practice. So, w- what does that look like these days, and how has it evolved over time? Um, yeah, and I think that ties in. There's a nice segue from the what you had just said, Henry, in the sense that you know my mind feels like it's constantly going. I think I'm someone that's a little bit more neurotic than normal, um, you know, and just the fact that going into a classroom and being able to slow it down, if not essentially bring it to a halt, has led me to, I think, um, just a, a lot of great experiences and opportunities that I would have talked myself out of had I not gone into practice that day. So on a, on a typical day, I try to practice in the mornings, um, seven days a week, anywhere from, I don't know, 90 minutes or so to two hours. And um, I prefer if I can to do it in the morning, just because that's when it seems like my anxiety is the highest. That's when I ha- you know, want to go to my to-do list and look at all the things that I want to do for the day and let my mind start racing about all the things that I want to accomplish and all the things that I should be accomplishing. Um, and if I find that if I just am able to wake up, go to the studio, find some grounding, work on my breath work, um, a lot of times I'm either in the Mysore room practicing Ashtanga or uh, in the Bikram room sweating it out and just finding calm uh, through the practice there, that when I get out, my day is it's so much smoother. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Things happen um, that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. And, uh, and I find I just really uh, enjoy myself a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to do the work on yourself before you can go out and do work for the rest of the world. Um, yeah, and uh, it's not easy to do. I think um, that's probably been one of the hardest things for me. You know, I love the physical aspect of yoga, but I feel like I'm accustomed to physicality just because of growing up playing sports um, and being in competitive situations. And I, I love that. Um, the internal work and the emotional work and the mental work that came with yoga is, is really the hardest part for me, but it's also by far the most rewarding. Mm. And, uh, and that's one of the things that, you know, keeps me coming back. That's what I love about the practice. And that's what, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have the life that I do and am able to, to follow that path. Well, I, I would love to hear some uh, some more about what that work looks like internally. And I really appreciated hearing the story of how Warrior Wear came to be and you know how your wife guided you on um, following that, <laughs> that compass internally. But I also know that it hasn't been totally sunshine and rainbows the whole time. There's a lot of work that goes into creating a physical product company. You got to find the manufacturers, Mm -hmm. all the partners, you got to figure out marketing, all of that stuff. So what is, um, tell us about a time where you hit a wall with this project and with your Dharma. And then what did you do to work through it? Whether it was through yoga practice or something else. So I have to think about that for a second. I think the walls that I've hit throughout creating, you know, the products and the brand have really come from 
my tendency to to live within my own four walls or to live, you know, behind the computer screen or or to not really get out and share myself. Um, I think the, the hardest part about all this was making was not coming up with the idea, but actually putting the idea out there. So um, well, early on when we decided we wanted to do this, I knew I had to do a couple pitch events or startup events just to get some raw, honest feedback about what do people think about the idea of men's yoga apparel. Um, and so I, I did a couple presentations to anywhere from 50 to 75 people or so, and just getting up there and sharing not only the idea, but the fact that, you know, I can get up there and make a pitch for a giant insurance company that's been around for 200 years and feel pretty comfortable that it's going to go over well. If I'm making a pitch for something that, that I created and is my own idea, and if it's a negative reaction, all of a sudden that's going to feel a lot different than if someone rejects or doesn't want to buy a mutual fund that I'm trying to position to them in front of a, in front of a conference room. Um, so these walls that I've hit along the way, I hate to say it, but they've all really been internal. And one of the pe best pieces of advice that I got and I continue to tell myself is just continue to do the internal work, continue to share what's out there, trust the process, you know, and, and listen to to people like, you know, yourself, um, who are going to give you raw, honest feedback and take everything with a grain of salt, have fun with it. Um, you know, so most of the walls have really been internal, whether or not I can put myself in a position of vulnerability enough to, uh, to share, you know, a pair of yoga pants or a pair of yoga shorts or to post something on social media or to run advertisements and be able to look at the ads coming up on my own computer knowing that I created them or, you know, a team of people behind me as well helped support me. But, you know, that's our creation. It's, uh, it's not an easy thing to do for someone that's more introverted. Mm -hmm. A couple of follow-ups on that. First of all, how did you, um, how did you come to create a situation where you could get that feedback? Like how did you pull together those groups of people for focus groups, market research, whatever it was? Um, they, well, we're fortunate in Columbus that um, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, for people that are listening, that uh, Ohio State University is here. But we also have a pretty strong startup scene. So there are startup groups um, out there. And I imagine in most of the large cities, they're out there. It's just whether or not you're willing to do the work to not only find them, then to reach out to ask if you can stand up in front of them, if you can share your idea, and uh, if you can really go through with it. But um, it, it was literally through. I'd known they'd been around for a while. So we've got a couple different startup groups that network once a month and, uh, and are always entertaining different pitch events. I see. So even doing that was a kind of step out there to put yourself in a vulnerable position, just a request to be able to present. Yeah. And what's funny is, um, you know, one of the, my good friends who's been with me from one of those events, actually, I met my designer from one of those events. Um, one of the guys who does some of the marketing for us, I met through one of those events. So it's been, you know, very rewarding, but that kind of goes back to, to bring it full circle, that Dharma that I, I knew there was something inside of me that said, you've got to put this out there. You've got to stand up and, and share this with other people, even though, you know, my mind was saying, oh, it's going to be scary. You're going to be anxious. It's going to be stressful. Eyes are going to be on you. 
um, but I had to f- kind of follow that inner that inner intuition, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think that's really inspiring that you have been able to get out there and just make these connections and get the signals, you know, from from the community, from the universe, whatever you want to call it, that this is something that people can get behind. But also, uh, you know, the other follow up question I had which I think I know the answer to, but I'd like to hear you say it, is why do you think it's so different (laughs) for you to get up there and present about warrior wear versus presenting on a mega corporation um, insurance product that you've done a hundred times? Yeah. um, So I'm sure you're pretty close with your answer. I'll try to give you a little bit more behind it as well, though, Henry. Please, yeah. Um, I've... Obviously, it is my own creation, so so that makes it scary. Um, I've got a different relationship with what I'm positioning, so that makes it scary. Um, there's a level of attachment that comes to Warrior Wear that doesn't necessarily come with a big insurance company, so that makes it scary. Um, but uh, I think outside of that, when I was in finance... And I was doing presentations just about every day in front of rooms full of 15, 20, 30, 50 financial advisors. I started to create kind of a a persona or a character in a sense where I wasn't necessarily acting, but there's a level of detachment when I was in front of the room that I knew the presentation, I knew the funds, there, there was no personal connection to it. In essence, you know, after many, many years of doing it, it actually led to some depression because I started to feel like a fraud. You know, I was wearing a mask in front of a room, positioning and presenting something that I didn't have a personal tie to. So not only would I not feel the connection, I wouldn't really get the fulfillment out of it either. Um, you know, and, and couple that with an unhealthy love, lifestyle. So things kind of just became flatlined or you know, I became numb after doing it for 10, 10, 12 years or so. Um, whereas where I'm, if I'm presenting with warrior, where I'm sharing something like on a conversation here, you know, the emotional highs and lows and the anxieties and the stress and perspiration and whatever it is, it's all so much more real, but it's also so much more fulfilling, fulfilling when I work through that fear and that anxiety and the vulnerability to come out the other side and, uh, and feel good about what it is that I'm doing. Um, that didn't exist when I was in the corporate world. Now, granted, if I went back to it now, maybe it, it would because I've done a lot of internal work over the past five years. Um, but, you know, I'm still much more happier and obviously things are going pretty well from uh, from this side of things. Yes to everything you said about the fulfillment and the detachment and the emotional connection bringing highs and lows to the whole journey of it. But the other thing I'll add on to that is I think, you know, I'm sure you are a great salesperson for the financial products that you are presenting, but there's an effectiveness that you cannot create without the authenticity. I really, I believe that. Like people always say that the creator of the business, the entrepreneur, him or herself is the best salesperson for the product because you are the one that has the heart in it the most. Yeah, I 100% agree with it. And um, <laughs> um, so just to, to couple this, when I 
throughout the entire process, you know, I, I started doing therapy as well, just as my own personal work and a way for me to go deeper and find out a little bit more about myself and figure out, you know, what it is that might be holding me back. Um, but uh, when I was talking to a therapist about this, you know, one of the things he kind of jokingly said was, he's like, if you're talking to, uh, you know, yoga practitioners and people that are really mindful, he's like, you've kind of got to take that mask off and cut out that persona bullshit part of my language. <laughs> he said, because people that are authentic and live, you know, within a, within a real community, it becomes apparent who's not, or you can start to see through those masks or you can start to experience inauthenticity in a different way that I could never really see it before. But, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm starting to, and, um, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, to experience that real connection, you know, it's kind of has to be authentic from both parties. Yeah. And, uh, and if someone has a wall up, then there's always going to be that, that slight detachment or, you know, just kind of that gut feeling that you just don't either a hundred percent know or understand or trust or whatever it is, something that's coming from that other person. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being willing to, to open open that up. And I think you're absolutely right. Sure. You know, the yoga community so. is, um, has a heightened sensitivity and I don't mean that in like sensitive, Oh, my feelings are hurt, but generally more, a little bit more empathic. So yeah, you gotta, you have to really do the work to be authentic yourself, to connect with that demographic. Yeah. And I think the word sensitivity itself just kind of has a weird stigma to it. So many times it has a negative association when really all in its core is, you know, I think it means you pay attention to your feelings or you might feel things a little bit stronger than others, or you don't ignore something that's coming up within you. Yeah. Um, so there's really nothing wrong with being sensitive. And in fact, you know, that's something that I kind of continue to strive for is making Me sure too. that I'm paying attention to something <laughs> that I'm feeling on a day-to-day -day basis and addressing. Yeah, me too. And I, yes, it does have sort of a connotation, um, but there are many meanings to the word. And, and what I really mean is the ability to sense and, and the Absolutely. willingness, the willingness to sense too. Cause this, there's another, there's another issue when you sense it and you just turn a blind eye internally or externally. Yeah. And I feel like I used to be so much better at that. And it's funny that I would address it as either, you know, good or bad, um, where I could block things out. Um, and the more work that I do and the more practice, you know, that I put in at, with my own, you know, yoga, um, the harder it is to ignore if there's really something that that's kind of eating at me. And, um, and it's actually, it's led to a lot of really good things and deeper conversations and, you know, own per my own personal issues that I think I, I need to address or work on. Um, but at the same time, it's also led to all the things that's happened with warrior wear. So I don't want to ignore those signs and those feelings and those thoughts that kind of creep up inadvertently. Yeah. It's not always the easiest, but it's the right thing to do. Oh, it can be traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jared, yeah, I'd good. love to hear another story from you, uh, on, on the lighter side, what is a major win that you've come across either, you know, with the business or just generally with your dharma, your purpose, your mission, this reaffirmed your conviction and all the effort that you're putting in. What happened and then what have you done with that success to carry it forward? Um, well, I, I think an easy one for this, Henry, not to put you on the spot, but meeting someone like yourself 
And oh, uh, thank you. I yeah, and actually, for most people listening, probably don't know this, and I'm not even sure that I necessarily know the evolution of how this came about. But, um, you know, just through social media and putting stuff out there, um, I think I was initially approached by um, by Neil, your friend in Texas. Um, about whether or not, you know, we could send him some products. So he's got this great practitioner named Henry Winslow down in Texas who will do a photo shoot for us and then is happy to support a startup business. Um, and I immediately looked at your profile. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy could actually be wearing our shorts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, I would love to see what he looks like doing some of these amazing poses and, w- and with his practice in our shorts. Um, you know, and then fast forward, you, he, Neil didn't know that you're leaving. We ended up reconnecting in New York. And, uh, and you did a photo shoot with Monty and, you know, connecting with people like yourself and with Monty, that for me is what, I hate to say, you know, necessarily win or loss, but I totally get the question. That for me was like, oh my gosh, like, this is kind of real now. Like, here are these pictures with Henry Winslow, um, you know, or some of the other people that Monty pulled in with us, um, or Tony Lupinacci up in... Um, lighthouse as well where these guys are now wearing our shorts like this is real this is really cool too and uh and it feels really good and i love the pictures and now we can kind of take the brand one step further you know what's the message that has to that i would like to coincide with this where's the audience at how can we inspire change from connections through people like you know yourself and um, and this is one of the ways that we can do it as well, just by you know sharing the stories and uh, having a conversation over a podcast. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate you saying that. You're making me blush over here. Uh, it's not on video, <laughs> but I, you know it really all comes back to a point that we touched on earlier, which is that it, it has to be a movement bigger than just yourself. It starts you know in the twinkle of your eye when you've got a new project, but. It takes legs once you get out there and do the networking and you meet the team and then you get someone outside the team who supports you and is talking about the product and then next thing you know, you've got a whole movement. I think that's so powerful and and I'm glad and respect that you appreciate that too. It's a really cool thing to see unfold in front of you. No, and I think it's also just neat that, you know, for two people to trust each other without really ever having met. I mean, we probably communicated and worked together for six months before we met. So, yeah. um, you Instagram know, messages. hopefully that's inspiration to others out there, you know, it, that are good people really do exist. Um, the one other thing I wanted to say to that though, Henry, is even from the very first startup pitch events that we were doing that I was um, presenting, you know, the yoga shorts were almost secondary the the main why behind the business and i think that's one thing every business owner has to ask himself is what's his why and i really wanted to to change the image of yoga for male practitioners um and part of that's my own projection i totally understand that but i felt like the image was really um sunken into guys on the beach with surfboards and ponytails and you know a lot of tattoos and six pack and chiseled abs and whatnot um, and it made it, it made the barrier of entry or the anxiety for, I think, the general male population to approach um, very challenging. And that's something that doesn't get talked about all that often. There's a lot of guys that will do yoga in the comfort of their own home watching a YouTube video, 
but I think there's a lot of still called closet practitioners that are afraid to step into the studio. Um, so really creating warrior wear was about creating a masculine brand that guys out there can identify with. So it felt more like an under armor or, you know, a Nike or some of your traditional masculine companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would feel a little bit more comfortable knowing, okay, so there's products out there for me, you know, that helps to almost, um, disinvalidate if that's a word or invalidate my insecurity. Right. Yeah. Well, what and I'm also, feeling it, doesn't it necessarily you, is in my head. Right. It gives you license as someone who doesn't fit the mold that you otherwise have seen out there. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not the only one. This is for me too. And I a hundred percent agree with you. I actually just taught a private lesson to someone who is so, um, insecure, I suppose is the word, but it's not even coming from himself. It's pressure from society that his particular culture, and he does, I mean, without getting into the details, he does um, live in a subset of the population that is particularly conservative. Um, Uh So opposed to yoga that he was, he could not study yoga unless it was 100% private. No one else could even see him uh, entering this situation or have any idea that it was going on. And, you know, that that's shocking to me as someone who's so, you know, ingrained in the yoga community now. I don't think about that anymore, but it's a reality. That's a reality out there that yoga is this, um, you know, woo woo or even sacrilegious experience. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the work that you're doing to make it accessible to different types of people, basically, is what I'm saying. And that's awesome, too, that that guy actually still had the wherewithal to schedule a private lesson and was so committed to trying it out that he would do it even though he was feeling the pressure from, you know, the community around him. Um, I, I think, you know, that's one of the things that I tried to watch and I really want to approach the company, not necessarily from a big city perspective. You know, Columbus isn't the it's still the Midwest. Um, there's still a ton of small towns without a single yoga studio in them. Um, there's still the vast majority of the population that isn't even necessarily open to the experience or the practice. Um, so I think there's a lot of really good change that we can affect by creating something, you know, or an additional brand out there for guys or additional option. I don't want it to be about consumerism per se, as much as, um, as much as identification and being able to connect with, you know, more people from, uh, from a different perspective. For sure. For sure. Okay. So Jared, apart from getting your message out on the podcast today, what are you doing to live your Dharma today? Man, you just answered my question. (laughs) It was definitely being able to come on here and, uh, and share on the podcast. Um, you know, apart from that, I really just, I'm trying to pay attention to what is What's my intuition saying to me? What is it that I don't want to do? Or what is it that I don't want to say? Um, what is it that I talk myself out of? You know, because chances are, as long as I'm working and moving through those barriers and that fear, or whatever the insecurity might be, then, uh, then I'm going to come out the other side and I'll, I'll be surprised at what the response and what the answer is. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for the first troll on our website or on social media. Cause I always had all these bad perceptions about what being on the internet and living in a public, uh, living in a public life would be, um, you know, and that was almost two years ago now, Henry, and I've only found support from it. 
So uh, just making sure that I've recognized the support on a day-to-day basis and, uh, and I continue to, to share what it is that's coming up inside. I love that. Yeah, move toward the discomfort and be appreciative for the support along the way. All right. Are you ready to move on to the prana round? All right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The prana round is where I ask you six rapid fire questions, ask you to answer in minimum one word, max one sentence. Ready to go? Okay. Hit me. Okay. In one word, why do you practice yoga? Clarity. What's your favorite yoga pose and why? triangle because I feel it in four or five different points of my body. Is that the Bikram triangle or the traditional triangle out of curiosity? It came up in my head, actually both, um, probably more so Bikram, but, uh, I I can feel it in Ashtanga as well. Okay. What's the single best cue or piece of advice you've ever received from a yoga teacher? Don't think so much. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Recommend one book, modern or ancient, for our audience. What I'm currently finishing up. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson. A little bit of recency bias there, but I'll take it. And next question. (laughs) Is yoga for everyone? Absolutely. As long as you're open to it. For sure. The benefits are amazing. Last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you in your Dharma? Um, Thank you. Um, Everything is at Yoga Warrior Wear. So our website, yogawarriorwear.com, Facebook and Instagram at Yoga Warrior Wear. Awesome. Jared, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Love talking to you about business and yoga and facing your inner turmoil. It's all good (laughs) stuff. Uh, Thanks again for coming on the show. No, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me, Henry, and uh, I appreciate all your support. If you got something out of this episode, if you like Dharma Talk and want to keep it going, please do me a huge favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. I know it's not the most convenient thing to do, but it makes all the difference in getting the show out there and more visible to other people who can benefit from it. And hey, if you've got feedback or ideas or you want to get in touch with me, you can do that on Instagram at Henry Wins. Otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. And until then, keep living your dharma.